You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello and welcome to the latest Anfield Index Under Pressure podcast. Uh, My name's Dan Kennett uh, and with me to discuss the... uh, Fantastic winning against Newcastle and the Derby draw. Um, I do have, at the moment, we are one man short. Just got some emergency childcare issues to take care of. That's Phil. But I do have our resident data collection and video analyst, Mr. Daniel Rhodes. Evening, Rhodesy. Evening, mate. Evening, yes, that was a good win. Not so much the performance, but we'll come on to that. It was, yeah. And I do have our... um, most most quality most most practiced sports scientist um currently with uh derby ladies um so this is your night off i guess from training no uh it's just after just after you got to get that yeah um how did we, the game go yesterday we, uh we won first team won five nil and ours which is the uh top academy won three nil away it was very nice with their and how was and how was Fra- how was Fraser Forster for them? Rubbish, yeah. <laughs> we don't need to talk about that. Right, okay. But we have an absolutely packed, absolutely packed agenda. And we are gonna, you know, I'm do sorry, guys, if I do cut across you, you know, we could have wrapped things up at, at some points, but we have got so much to get through. So many talking points right now to do with the Reds. And we're gonna start with the biggest one. We're gonna do this first, just like we did with the United pod. Uh, ahead of both the matches, and that is to discuss the general physical condition of the squad. Uh, so, um, and, and as well as the injury situation, which seems to be touchwood improving. Um, so, Sai, right? We have been outrun in each, in terms of total distance, in each Premier League game this season, and we've had fewer higher intensity runs each match uh, as well. Uh, so that's, we already covered the details on the first three pods, uh, first three games on the United pod. 
But in this mat, in these two matches, Newcastle had 170 high-intensity runs more than us, and Everton had 96. Newcastle covered two and a half k more distance than us, and Everton three k more. Uh, we also picked up another hammy, hamstring injury. Say, so, what is going on? How can you, <laughs> Who can you make any sense of it all? Can you make any sense of it all? Well, if you look, if you look at the numbers and you look at the number of injuries and the type of injuries, you would look at. Um, if we did an audit, if I just went to a new club and I was taking over as head of performance at the new club, we uh, immediately look at an injury audit and you would look at the previous three years of the of uh, the playing staff and see huge uh, swell of, in, of soft tissue injuries and hamstring injuries and immediately look through uh, the loading patterns or the overloading of players in the previous season or there is an issue with uh, recovery modalities or um, have they all suddenly got new cars and their seats are too clear uh, steering wheels oh yeah uh, like okay. Okay. weird little weird <clears throat> things but but this is weird that it's so many and it's such an established backroom staff that um that the the key the, like the key outliers they don't they don't fit i would own my feeling is that this has to be a legacy of overplaying not just last year you don't I think people don't quite grasp the intensity that Liverpool have played with mm. and, uh, for for the period of time that they have with largely the same pe- same players. Yeah. That I think it's fairly unprecedented to have 14 of the same players for 5 years at, mm. at, at competing at level of quality that they have but also intensity of running they have throughout COVID, throughout the the small the two shortest pre-seasons in history off seasons in history and a short pre-season and the stupid afghan like it's a bit i appreciate that nobody else has got this uh catastrophic injury record but i would suggest also that there isn't a club in the country that's had the the volume of players we've had for the same amount of time that also yeah. ex- also done the same amount of running because there's been turnover at every other club for one reason or other. Yeah, okay. So, um, in terms of just in the importance of the two statistics I mentioned, you, you said outrun is not hugely important typically. It's just a bit embarrassing to be outrun, run, you know, in terms of total distance, right? That's, that's, it's not hugely significant. The really important one, though, is the high-intensity runs, right? That is, that's, that's a red flag, right? Uh, well, just for just for example, that James Milner still runs twelve and a half or thirteen k a game. Mm. Does does that look like Kante running thirteen k a game? Yeah, no. Yeah. <clears throat> so one guy's jogging around, and you can, anybody can can run thirteen k. Any like not even fit person, any average jogger can run thirteen k in an in an hour and sixty minutes. Mm. An hour and thirty minutes. So, it, like, it's not that hard. Um, so, it's it's all about the intensity. It's about high intensity, and we win the sprint distance. We impose ourselves on the opposition by sprinting more and faster than them, and forcing them to to have to both react to it, but also sustain that level of intensity 
so much that Pep writes a bloody book about it and never stops, never shuts up about the, the, the term intensity. And we have lost the sprint distance in every single game this season, apart from one. Do you know which game that was? That was Shield. Yeah. The charity Shield. Hmm. We actually won the sprint distance in that one, did we? We won the sprint distance in that game, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, um, if you, you are doing a fatigue index on this dedicated to tomorrow, hopefully with some industry colleagues, yeah. right? So, but I did reach out in the Under Pressure chat earlier on to ask people about what questions they want to ask on this. So I want you to give a, a, a very quick response to each of these these few questions that we got. These are the most popular ones. First of all, aside, you've already touched on it. So let's start with burnout, possibility of burnout, the lack of turnover of players, um, huge amount of minutes played last season, play, a lot of players close to or over their career max. Is there a risk that this is burnout? And if so, what happens next with burnout? It absolutely is a risk of burnout. As I said before, I don't, I don't think, I think this is unprecedented. The number of players that have been at their career like max for such a long period of time. Um, my feeling is that allied that to ally that to the age of the player, then you're increasing injury risk there, or you're increasing a detriment of performance like significantly. Um, I, I, I just think we guess at this point, but that seems yeah. the most likely guess. You think burnout is the most likely? I think burnout is the most likely. I think it's yeah. Uh, the, the, there are other couple, there are a couple of other possibilities, but they just seem like is, is Klopp tactically choosing to not run? Well, that was do the next question. Have... Let's, let's do that. So that's the, that's the next one, right? That was asked by about three or four people actually. As in, this is are we making a choice? Is this a choice to pl- almost like? physically be within ourselves for some for some reason do you buy that as an option you know what it is it is is something i thought about it's possible right but when you have when you forged like the these lads they are they are forged of a certain mentality like they it's they refuse to be budged from the ultimate absolute hard and steel fighting to win at every cost refused to give an inch if you turn that psychology down one percent is this what we get i don't know but i i, I think we used to be used to be called you know we, we've, we've got better players but we also tried harder we also put more effort yeah and that's where the success comes yeah. from. And then suddenly the manager says, right, you just need to drop off a little bit. Those players, I think, would be incredibly confused about what does that mean. See, the, the reason why I'm the reason why I'm sceptical on that one um, is because, you know, we're opening ourselves up to that maxim that hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard, yeah? So if we're choosing not to work hard, it just makes no sense to me. Yeah, I, I think there's, there's an extra, um, I don't know, strand of that in the... Uh, do we think we're working smarter? Yeah. <clears throat> that, that I, I think there's a possibility that we think we, we have constructed something tactical, which we believe is a smarter, way, a more efficient way to expend energy so that we can sustain it over a long period of the season or we could make up for knowing that our players are fatigued and can't do the same absolute um, out, output during a game, physical output. So we've created this 
different tactical way of playing so we don't need to be quite as intense at all times mm. i think that's possible i think that's possible but, but it just then, feels it, it doesn't match up with the results or the performance data especially on the defensive side anyway and the final one yeah. side yeah. is um if it is players if it's a if it's a pre, if it's a consequence of pre-season not necessarily load from last season if it's a consequence of pre-season decisions right Let's just take the, there's two scenarios here. The players are either o- overcooked or undercooked. So if it's one of those two things, what happens next? So I would believe that that's possible in regards to injuries. I don't think it makes any difference on any given day as to how much a player runs. Okay. So that makes Dan, sense. Just one... I don't... Go on. All I would say is, Dan, are these not linked? So if Klopp <clears throat> and the backroom staff have got the information about players not being as capable as what they were then obviously he's going to have to say, okay, you, you know, you, I, I want you to put everything in. It's not a drop-off as such, but he knows then that the team's got to play in a slightly different way with a bit less intensity because one leads to the other, doesn't it? Mm. And he, 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 sorry, is he going to have the information about how much these players are capable of sprinting? Yeah, you think that's so? that, that, that my conclusion is that's a very real possibility that, that he sees that some of his um, historically key players or players that he definitely has to pick right now because of injuries, um, can't do the physical things that they previously could. So we have to modify the tactics to adjust around that, which means a drop-off in overall running numbers for everybody. I think that's that's very possible. But it's be possible that two things are true. That's true, but the injuries have occurred because of an error of loading before that, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So this is in all three questions, yeah. Yeah. So the, the, yeah. the last time we discussed this, Sai, you also said that if if the players have been overcooked, then they could be suffering in the short term, but will benefit in the medium and long term, right? Is that based on what's happened since then, another three matches? Do you still think that's a, a feasible scenario? Do you think it's the players are potentially incapable of running more right now, but it might be okay, you know, in the next few weeks? You don't get tired. You don't, you don't get like uh, tired for five weeks okay. so the first week and a half two weeks of this two game season i would give that as a possibility there is a suppose a possibility <clears throat> that they can continue pre-season through the first three games of the season because yeah. they're two blank weeks midweek and we could have been training really hard during that time so yeah. just like in pre-season the players can't quite do as much that is a possibility but I would I would be sacking people if that was the case, given the amount of injuries we've suffered and, and yeah. the actual results. So, it, but it's possible. I, I just think it would be such an egregious strategy, an egregious mistake of strategy that we will be sacking people all over the show. But we did have the. The head doctor leave, didn't we? Just before the season, was that just a coincidence? The head doctors don't do anything. Dude. All right, okay. So you figurehead. I, I would, I would have talked, would happily talk to, talk to everybody about like rules at clubs. But the head doctor is the guy that that decides training loads. The head, the the head doctor was uh, it ended up being a head before uh, the head of uh, performance and medical for two years, 
it's a new role. They kind of loosely oversee. Um, basically, they make sure that the people underneath them are doing the jobs that they're employed to do in, and reporting to the right people. That's all. It just It's, it's like an accountability. It's not a strategy-driving role at all. Okay. So based on what you were saying about the extension of pre-season, right, we are now in the busy period. We've just had the first three games in eight days. So yeah. um, I just wanted to bring in one UP layer on this, um, uh, and Bart's has now joined us. Uh, evening, Bart's. Hey, mate. You're right. Yeah, I'm good, mate. Are, everything okay? Yeah, 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 I'm, I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, um, I'm bloody exhausted from all the coding. All that. <laughs> <laughs> mate, that's because I, I, I come to that. I'll, I'll come to that. Why I was up later on. It's linked to what's just happened. But anyway, anyway, yeah. we'll move on. So, um, one of the things that we uh, layered onto this um, Bart's was. Um, this idea that we've been morphing into a, a possession team or a team, yeah. a team which is based on control. Um, and then looking at the possession numbers for the start of this season. And um, one thing is that I, I call a question I posed, the way I phrased it to you, but was are, are, is the current incarnation of uh, the, what we've been fielding in the six matches this season, right? Is that team ill-suited to having as much possession as we are and I think the answer is we've looked at it and I think it's yes isn't it yeah I think because quite right oh, quite right yeah our possession uh has been relatively high around the 70s I think raw games I can't remember the exact average so Everton been, was the lowest 64 64 right so um it's so we have had the possession which normally would have led to us creating higher numbers of xg or better quality uh, better quality yeah. should we say yeah um because last year xg per shot has been in around 10 percent, isn't it i think yeah. whereas we would normally have been up 20s uh for several opportunities yeah. so i think you and me looked at it and i think you looked at the units and several players are down what five percent um particularly in the key area which i think is midfield yeah. Um, if we can't get the ball to the forwards, then there's very little they can do. In and particularly if we can't get the ball to the forwards in good areas, yeah. Um, so we can't we can't do that. And I think Trent, being our playmaker, is also down a few notches. Was it four percent? You said recently. Yeah. Is that right? Just before, just before we come onto that, on the, yeah. I just say that you know, as you might expect, there is a very strong relationship between possession numbers yeah. and pass completion. Um, and I just put it in the live show chat. But there are exceptions to that. You know, that relationship. And unfortunately, Liverpool this season are an exception because we're not, we're not, it's not quite a linear relationship, but it's a strong one, though, isn't it? If you looked at that. Yeah, 0.7 is good, is, is a very good relationship. And I think also it bears fruit by the fact that, I mean, let's be frank, City are a fantastic <laughs> passing side, right? Mm. So that they're bang on the line there. Um, the, yeah. point, the, the point is the relationship holds for, for yeah. all teams in the Premier League. And so all I, all I did was put a, it's in the live show chat, put a box plot, a scatter plot in of uh, every Premier League team since the 2017-18 season. So, um, but so the, what, what was interesting though when, when you so you think about pass completion, what does that mean? In in, in in I was trying to think. Okay, so so we're not very good. We our pass completion numbers are low compared to the amount of possession we're having here, and mm. the end result of that. Is a turnover ball, right? Now, the it's worth, it's worthwhile noting that the opta pe- passing pass completion doesn't even include crosses and corners. Yeah, they're separate. They're excluded. So it's effectively what you would call open play passes, but not including crosses. So the basic, the bread and butter of of, of, of a team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, if you if you rank all Premier League teams since twenty seventeen eighteen, uh, we've got the second most incomplete passes. 
um, of any team. Um, we got 100 and, 107 per match. We had 89 against Everton, so slightly under the average. We were averaging 107 incomplete passes per match. And if that's the second worst of any team in the Premier League since 1718. Only Southampton, under Hassan, one season under Hassan Hootle, was worse. And I guess what the impact of that is, Bart, is that's a lot of opportunities are for teams um, to expose us in negative transition, right? Yeah, and also the, the flip side to that is that we are we're not utilising positions that we oh, our, our eights particularly, I would think, are in because we're not making the pass. Yeah, and therefore we then are acceptable. So yes, we're susceptible to negative transition, but equally we are getting in the positions to play the right pass. You know, we, we've all sat here and said, oh, the final ball wasn't quite there. The final pass to put X, Y, and Z in the final third wasn't quite right. And I think that shows up. Um, we'll come on to some of the, the maps we've done and looking at it, but it's that our passing accuracy as we enter the final third, I think is particularly alarming. Um, and then you highlighted also in our own half as also is, is a bit disturbing in some respects. But yeah, it does leave us very open, particularly as Sai says a lot, that we, we commit to a tactical plan. So then when the fundamental basics of passing the ball between two red shirts goes wrong, we are very susceptible to the counter. Um, as we saw against Newcastle before the first goal, there was three or four opportunities where yeah. they went straight through the midfield. Yeah. Because we, so- we, we were set to do a move, gave the ball away, and they just went bang and went so, straight through the middle of the park. So just on the quick, just quickly to explain the table I put into the live show chat. Yep, that, that is um, every team ranked, um, obviously just the ones at the top and the bottom. And so the average for a team in the Premier League since seventeen eighteen is ninety incomplete passes per match. So we're we're second worst with that, with one hundred and seven. Mm. And then Man City have got the four lowest um, entries in that table. And this season's been the lowest of all with just 65 incomplete passes. I think that'll have changed after Villa when they had a lot more. Yeah, but I, I said that I think that'll be an outlier for the other way, though. I, as you said, yeah. that's come back after Villa. So, yeah, I think. Yeah. So, but the City last three seasons have been low, low, low 70s. Uh, yeah. low, so, but if you look at that, if you think of that as a number, you know, that's over 40, t- 40 incomplete passes more than mm. our, our most important rival. Now, we, though obviously they're not our rivals right now because we've had such a poor start. Um, but you know, um, there's a lot of other teams down there, like Tot- Tottenham this season and last, only 70, um, 74 and seventy six incomplete yeah. passes again. So all, say, all we're saying is that the 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 consequence of having poor passing, um, it, it has a, has a nug- when you provide that much more opportunity for the opposition to 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 to, to it expose it, which is a pretty big weakness at the moment, right? But. Yeah, so we're I, not I helping ourselves. I think is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, we're not helping ourselves. Our plan has been tweaked. We've discussed that, and because we're not executing it through our ability to pass the ball at that final stage, it means we leave ourselves open to negative transition, and we haven't also then got the physical capability to make up for that because we're not doing the running, whether that's tactically or whether they haven't got the capacity. You know, if we were, I think if we were. At our usual physical capability, I think you would see us covering and sl- closing a lot of those gaps quickly because they have the capacity to do that, if that makes sense. But at the moment, because they haven't, and you're having to play Milner in midfield and people like that, it's exacerbating that that situation even worse. Yeah. So just to um, just to wrap this up quickly, because there's so much we can. Uh, yeah. I've got a t- I've got a tableau we can put in here as well, which every can play around with, but. Um, 
So, but we do have half our team, basically half our regulars a season, significantly below their career averages or Liverpool norms, right? So first of all, we've got Van Dijk. He's three. He's got a three percent lower pass completion than than the normal. Uh, Henderson's five percent lower. Mil, Milner five percent lower. Diaz is seven percent lower than last season, his half season last year, and Salah is three percent below his average as well. Um, VVD's got some issues in the, his own half as well. It's two and a half percent lower in his own half, um, and then Henderson and Milner four percent, three percent lower in in our half than normal. Um, Trent is five percentage points lower in the, the in the attacking half than than normal, um, and um, in terms of the attacking half. James Milner's eight percentage points below his norm in the attacking half, and and Jordan Henderson is eleven percentage points worse than normal in the in the final third. These these are just uh, what we're saying is that this this has a consequence. You know, giving the ball away that much, but does have a consequence. For absolutely spot on, it it will eventually lead to. I think what we're seeing is we're seeing um, instability and. I think we chatted. Oh, people know we chat in the we chat every game, don't we? All of us, but it's sort of. I don't think all of us are probably fairly surprised to see that the regularity in which they break on us. You know, even yeah. in Everton, they're not a great side, and yet they yeah. broke on us with speed. I mean, I've just popped in the chat there two heat maps I did for the unsuccessful passes using the up to data, and the alarming thing you said to me was the centre of the park is one of the darkest in our, areas. In, in, in our own half. In our own half is where we're giving the ball away, which we could tattoo about tactically, the fact in Fab, Fab was exposed on his own yeah. against Everton and Newcastle. Uh, you've already said Henderson wasn't having a, a particularly great game, but you see Trent uh, in his box there is not great. Be, and, and just before, we're not just going to pile it on Jordan Henderson. No, no, we're not. No, These are zones on the pitch. Big players. Big, yeah, big players. It, that, that zone in our half is also includes the centre halves, right? Yeah. So they are coming out. Uh, you've got the full backs on on uh, opposite games. So in the Newcastle game, the left back area, we didn't. Um, Gomez was, was very wobbly, wasn't he? In the, the he was, first yeah. So and in your final third in your box, you kind of want players to take risk, right? So that's fine yeah. being a high density. It's not a problem, but it's the air, the lead up area. So your three your half spaces between the eighteen yard boxes. We look from left to right. Those are the areas where you want you want to make risks but you don't want that to be a real dense area I mean that's averaging nearly five five unsuccessful passes per zone uh, in Everton game you're up at nine do you know what I mean yeah. that, that's a hell of a lot of balls to give away in key areas of the pitch yeah. where you will then you are likely as we know from zone 14 and the half spaces we're likely to create really good opportunities from those areas and at the moment we can't make use of us being in those areas with the ball because we give the ball away yeah. Phil, just to clarify, is that the location of the pass, not the outcome of the pass, not the location of where it finishes? So if we're attempting, yeah, a, yeah. Lot, we're attempting a lot of um, balls, say, for Trent or Salah or Diaz, they're not successful if they're coming from that zone. So it's yeah. not, it's not, it's, it doesn't necessarily mean it's passes between the centre backs and his holder. No, 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 no. But it is a, it, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, but- yeah. Yeah, it's it's the location, it's the it's the it's the start point of the pass, but yeah. it does include all. It does include, but you know the point is what we're trying to say here, Rosie, is that we we we're providing over forty times you know, over forty opportunities more to the opposition because of our. I agree, agreed. 
Yeah. I'm just trying to figure out reasons why. Is the game stating on influence as well, down the fact that we keep going behind? So then well, the problem, if, yeah, to, to be, yeah, it could be. But if you look at our other years, we're, we're not, you know, we're not in that, we're not in that top list. We're close to the league average of 90, you know, in complete passes. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, some of them below. So I could put you in if you want to go back to a game we all thought we played really well, right? So Bournemouth game day four, yeah, yeah. So I'll put that in the chat if it works. Similar kind of, I'm not, you know, we weren't great in our half there. We've got a dense area in the middle of the pitch. The right back here, right back was only mm. still giving the ball. That's from Chris's crosses. But these little half spaces in their half are very dense areas. And that's in a game where we scored nine goals. So, yeah, it, it's, it, I think our standards, as we talk about our process, isn't quite right at the moment. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um, Agreed. Okay. Now, Asai, are you okay to? Are we okay to crack on with the matches now? Have you? Is your update finished? <laughs> Doesn't look like it yet. Does Phil want to do it? Okay. Let's let's crack what on. What do you this. need? Now we're going to go straight into the. Let's go into the Newcastle match first. Okay. Uh, yep. I, I was going to ask Sai about our 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 eleven and our choices there, but uh, please cover that off, Bats, and then go straight into Newcastle and there and Newcastle game plan. No worries. So uh, just keep, I'm just bringing up the map. Aren't I? Sorry, changing tabs. But yeah, so we had Fab Kavistang in um, in in the DM role, which is good. Uh, we had uh, Harvey keeping in the the right side. I'm talking about the key area, which is midfield. The back four is the back four. Uh, Robbo kept his place. Uh, was a bit of a discussion, but kept his place. Still no choices uh, really in the back four. No. Um, I think the weekend was interesting. We'll come to that. We'll talk about Everton. The front three, again, there was no choices for this game. So that's the front three. Uh, and the midfield, yeah, he didn't go with, with uh, Milner, obviously. He went with uh, Henderson, uh, Harvey and, and Fab. So that's, I, I don't think there was a lot of options for him, should we say, uh, coming off the back of a, a defeat at United. Is that right? Is, no, uh, sorry, coming off the back of a 9-0. He can't really change too much. So he's gone with that. Newcastle, largely uh, from uh, not changed that they brought their brand new forward into play straight up front. Isak. Uh, Isak. Uh, they were out there, but Bruno, and they were without uh, Sam Maximin. So they had no option on the uh, on the left wing as an out ball, but they had an option down the middle because they swapped out. They got rid of Woods, not good, but Woods was on the bench and he's normally not an option down the middle, whereas they put Isaac in, who is an option down the middle. So they, they just changed the channel they were, they were putting the ball into. And in midfield, uh, presumably they brought in, Sean Longstaff came in to play instead of Bruno. So otherwise, in the back four, they'd said they'd, they'd been mixed around the centre half really weird because, you know, we were linked with Botman, weren't we? Yeah. And he's on the bench for them. So yeah. I don't know what that says about him. I would have thought he would have been I think he had starting. a couple of wobbly games, yeah. Yeah, so... The, so they've got Lacazelle like in and uh, I can't remember the guy that played next to him. Um, so, sorry, we were, but yeah, so that's it. So we, we had quite an advantageous position, didn't we? Because the Newcastle yeah. were missing some big, big, big players. Yeah, I thought we were going into this. I think we all chatted. This is a good opportunity for us to come out and build on the 9 0 and put a good performance down. Yeah. Okay. And now, Rosie, um, this is a really interesting match summary. Yeah, it's kind of. <clears throat> It kind of a reflection of the season averages as well. So um, obviously it was two two one, but the non penalty xG was one point six to zero point seven. A um, little bit of change. It, well, I think the models kind of agreed. Kaylee had his highest at one point eight. 
Um, Nocturne stats bomb had us at 1.5. But we had 23 shots in this game, five, which is always excellent. The volume of shots is great. The issue, and although we did have 16 shots in the box to two, six shots on targets too, which has kind of been our benchmark throughout. It's the quality. We've talked about all the build-up and stuff. It's the quality of chances. We had 50 touches in the box to four. 50, yeah. 50 yeah. to four. And, and, diff- and, and three of those Newcastle ones were in injury time. Yeah. So they yeah. had one in the first 90 minutes of the game. Yeah. One touch in the box. One touch in the box. But <laughs> that one touch in the box was, was the goal. It's a big yeah. chance. Yeah. So and we only had one big chance each, and this is the key for the whole season. I, I know Phil said we we're down at ten percent. I've got both. I've got us at twelve shot quality this season, and the opposition at twelve, which is good. But it's two massive outliers. So we've got the Bournemouth game and the Fulham game, yeah. where we're, we're at twenty percent and nineteen percent. Yeah, so it's going to move it up. Yeah. Whereas whereas the whereas the rest, so nineteen percent against Fulham, twenty one against Bournemouth. Nine against Palace, nine against Man United, in the last two games against Newcastle and Everton, seven and eight. Now there's no it's no it's like those Burnley those horrible Burnley games where we used to have thirty shots and one big chance or no big chances. It's no good having a high volume of shots that we're having at the moment. Twenty shots we average this season a game, nineteen point five, but it's no it's no point. We have to have the shot call. There's no point having fifty touches in the box. There's no point having fifteen shots in the box. They have to be good quality shots. I'd rather have 10 shots and three big chances. We've talked about it so often. We were at our best ever non-shot XG levels this season at underclock, 2.7 to 0.9 non-shot XG. Should I jump in, Rosie, just to remind everybody that non-shot XG is everything that happens in and around the opposition penalty box, except shots. Yeah. And we're having so more <laughs> in this Newcastle game. It was three to zero point eight. It's massive amounts. So we're having a high volume of shots and a high volume of non-shot XG, fifty touches in the box, but one big chance. We could only muster one. Mm. And and that tells you. And that that one was a was a through ball. So it's kind of on the break. It was a lovely move, and it's a through ball to um, Diaz, who goes around the keeper and puts it off the bar. Yeah. Yeah. And that's because their defence wasn't set. Diaz makes a run into the box. He's 1v1 with the keeper, goes around him. And that's the kind of shots, shot quality that we want. That's point six, wasn't it? Right yeah. Yeah, yeah, he should have, should have scored that. Really should have he scored should have scored, but this, this, just one chance a game like that is not good enough. Nah, no, it's not. 23 shots. Take more time. Yeah. It's, uh, I think you're right. I mean, I'd put two shot maps in there as I, as I usually do, and you're spot on. It's Newcastle had less shots, but they had higher quality. They had almost double the quality of shot. Yep. You know, and then that the the second one they got in our 18 yard box, nearly won the game with it. You know, at, at that stage, if you know what I mean. I know we went on to win the game. Well, and they had another break where they scored yeah. off that goal, and it, and and that was marginal. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Yeah. So they have well, to, they in both games, in, it, I think we've had three marginal um, yeah. offside overturns in our favour this this season now for opposition yeah. goals, right? Yeah. So apart from um, United, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's one against us and three in favour. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. So just just talk about that, Bart's Generally, I mean, there was a clear pattern of play, wasn't there, with Newcastle um, in that first half, and whilst they didn't. 
whilst they only got in once in the, which was the 38th minute the way I would say is that we were on the ragged edge defensively to try and prevent Newcastle threat off relatively simple you know in negative transition right yeah I mean I think I've got down here 10 minutes was the first time they, they broke four on two on us so I think it was very early on that they were going to try and um, capitalise on negative transition. Now, whether they they worked that out, in, I don't, I'm not going to give Eddie Howe massive credit. I don't know. You know, he might have done. His analytics team has improved at Newcastle. But they clearly had a tactic with Alvaron down the right, uh, whoever was playing on the left, I can't remember his name, instead of uh, Maximin, and they basically guy in the middle, and then had one from midfield joining in. So Ryan as soon as they win it, yeah, Ryan, Ryan Fraser. Fraser. So basically, as soon as they won it, they put it in one of the channels and just went at supported. And I mean, uh, it happened two or three times before the goal. For the goal, BVD gets pulled out um, and Alvaron skips down the line. They get We get set a little bit because Fab does a thing of dropping in and his partner in midfield does what he does, uh, doesn't go with the runner and it ends up being, uh, from, from his uh, mistouch, gets played straight back into the space that Henderson's left and the forward puts it away with a head of a finish. But it's a really easy, avoidable goal. Um, we give it away again from a very, very simple pass high up the field, and then they just break down the channel and pull VVD out in the middle, which we know. Going back to any any centre half, we used to get targeted with Lovren. Now Lovren had a catalogue of problems to work with, but one of the major things was don't pull him out in the fullback area because he's useless. Yeah, you know, VVD is not useless, but you still don't want your most dominant centre half being pulled out into the fullback. Yeah, but he only he he got he had, he in turn got pulled out wide because Robbo got done by Almiron, didn't he? That's and what I'm saying. Yeah, he got he got yeah. done, and because we'd given the ball away, when we were set for a plan to play out that left hand side. So yeah, and then VVD went across to close down the danger for Almiron, yeah. and, it left and then off, and then the goal comes basically down. Drop in. Yeah. It's all supposed to jiggle around, but nobody quite did what they're supposed to do, and they weren't quite at the intensity to do it at the speed we were done couple of missed touches and they rolled it into space and then he hits a hell of a finish for his first goal in the Premier League. Yeah, yeah, to be fair. He's, he's, to be fair, it's a great finish. I mean, he, 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 does look, yeah. he does look like a bit of a killer, doesn't he? Yeah, haven't we looked at him before for the club? Yeah, yeah we, he, was my, he was my first ever scouting report on Tompkins Times about seven years ago. I've still got a video of uh, his clips. It was called The Next Ibrahimovic and he was 16 at the time and that's when we were first linked with him, which is why I did it. And he looked an absolute player. Um, such a young age, so you don't know what's going to happen. And then he's, he's gone to two different clubs since. But yeah, he does look like a find. Solid investment, really. Newcastle's transfers have so far been impressive. Well, they've got, they've got Ashton, hasn't they? They've got yeah. Ashton from yeah, Brighton, yeah. who's from us. So it's it's yeah, following good, our strategy good. from the book from, from a while back, how we yeah. used to do things. So, um, I mean, one thing... Um, one thing that distressed me in that first half was watching that 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 first half, and it, it's a follow-on from the physical stuff that we were talking at the start. Mm. Is that Newcastle seemed stronger, more intense, and quicker than us all over the pitch? And um, and what I did was at halftime, I just, you know, you always look at the, you always look at sofa score or you know whatever football, yeah, wherever football, it is, yeah. Yeah. half time yeah. and stuff like that. And the the stats at half time, just on the, just on the most basic stats you can get, right? were absolutely mind-boggling. Uh, this was um, on duels, right? And it was 28 duel wins for Newcastle, nine for us, and 11 aerial duel wins for Newcastle, one for us. I don't think yeah. I've ever seen 
such a disparity between one team and another in a 45-minute half as that. that Especially you know, not with us. <clears throat> no, no. Do you know no. what I mean? At home. Yeah. yeah. This, this is like, when you posted that, I was like, Dan, you must have got that wrong. <laughs> you know, you sort of go back and check it. it, it yeah. I just For a home game, under the lights, we are normally electric. You know, how many times have we said we've got a home game under lights, we'll win this easy? Yeah, yeah, that's just a thing, right? And it's just for us to that that I think comes into this physical thing that you guys already chatted about in great detail. But yeah, to not be able to do that and to be get bearing in mind Newcastle had a changed midfield and a changed attack and a changed centre half partnership. They shouldn't have I, I don't feel as though they should have done that to us in terms of tackles, interceptions and clearances. No way. Not not as as yeah, ten I mean, times I, in I, now. I, I mean, the, the interceptions and clearances are less important, really, because that's yeah. sort of situational. It was I should have really propped it after the tackles one, to be to be fair. But yeah, eleven tackles to one as well. So, yeah. <laughs> it's, but it's aerials just, as well. It's, yeah, we've got I mean, somewhere, we've got dominant, most dominant centre half in the league, and I mean, midfielder. You know, and you you're losing ten aerials. That's just yeah, yeah quite, With only thirty yeah. percent, they only had thirty percent of the ball at the time. You know what I mean? It's it's. <laughs> If you, if you possession adjust that, that'd be even worse. It, it would, it would. Now, Rosie, I mean, short of cutting players' hearts out um, <laughs> and, and, and weighing them, <laughs> is there any other way you could measure desire other than basic chickens? <laughs> <laughs> no, well, it's interesting because I <clears throat> did the press and I think we'll come on to it, but I... Yeah, do it now, do it now. And and the, and the, map, <clears throat> and the maps and the dashboard look okay. And, and I'll, I'll be honest, when I was doing it, I I was watching it, I was thinking, oh, this is okay, this is all right. But there was some group presses, so two and three going together, and it looked really good. But then there was a lot, and this is the worst bit, and it kind of illustrates what you're talking about with the stats there. I hardly noticed Henderson. I'm not piling on, but I, I've never seen um, an eight midfielder for us have such a low volume and not notice. So I asked earlier in the group, was he injured the whole game? Because it, it, it was like I was going to collect savage, a press. Savage, Brody, savage. I was, well, I was going to collect a press and he wasn't even getting near the player, near enough yeah. to come it as a press. Yeah. So it was, he was... He was making a run or a sprint to try and get near a player, but it wasn't getting close to him. And then they're just, they're just flicking it past him. So he's, take, he's taking himself out of the game but not even registering a press. It was yeah. mad. It was genuinely And then you've got Elliot on the other side, who's like a dervish, running about, getting close to players, pressing in groups, knowing when to... And I'm thinking, one guy is, is such a young lad coming into a system that he's got to learn, and then you've got another guy who's been doing it for seven years and can't get near the, his opposition player. And then, because he's committing himself and not even getting within the three metres... Is then leaving the other guy behind him exposed, or the other guy to the left of him exposed? So Newcastle are going, well, we'll just knock it around him, and then we've got one on one, <laughs> or two on one. But he was, Rosie, did you also notice he was? I think you might. I don't know whether he was injured, but there was something not right with him because he was playing so safe with the ball as well. When he did actually have it, he was going sideways. He wasn't looking. He did all the nice two balls, though, didn't he? he played yeah, but I, in a normal in his normal game, you'd see at least four Hendo clips. You know what I mean? Yeah. You'd see those kind of the little incisive stuff. You try, and it, it, he was it got to about on the half hour after they scored. I I don't know what he he was just went to play safe, but as you say, he wasn't getting anywhere near on the defensive side. 
it, so he yeah, couldn't play the, safety. The he was ball, trying to do something else, and he couldn't even do that. It was weird. The off the ball performance. He was either injured or he hasn't got a tank anymore. It was yeah. I, I, honestly, I've never seen. Usually, you've got your two eights who would get about thirty. You know, Nabby's usually thirty. Ox used to be. Um, Henderson, yeah. Henderson <laughs> yeah. Um, people Ronaldo was low, lowish. Ronaldo was lowish, but yeah, yeah. But those two, the players that play the eight row usually are up there around thirty, and you notice them all the time because the part of the the part of the press high. So you try to push teams back, we try to pin them in like we did against Bournemouth and it, Palace in the first thirty. But this, it wasn't anywhere. And then when so, he was trying to be somewhere off the ball, he was so far away from the ball, but still committing himself. So Roti, we've always we've always always talked about in the past the importance of pressing the whole system has to function so exactly. um and a chain is only as strong as its weakest link is it, it, that applies absolutely completely applies that principle applies for pressing a chain is only as strong as its weakest link um yeah. did you see any other individual issues in this game with the pressing or was it all a consequence of one player in the middle well if you if you i think the numbers demonstrate that there was Lots of good, but then mm. when and Newcastle hardly attacked. But when they did, <clears throat> it was through the weakest link. It was it was in the areas. Yeah, they score a goal through that area. They set up a goal through that area. It's just, I don't, it's hard. I, I can't explain it. But it was um, he was twelve. What was it? Twelve presses down. Was it twelve? Yeah. Was it twelve at an eighty-three percent? Twelve for an eight is so bad. And then the, the the ones that he did, like this is this is madness. I've never seen this. He didn't win possession once. He never pressed the opposition enough for us to get the ball back through himself or a turnover. For for comparison, Elliot, Elliot six times, Fabinho four times, Firmino five, Diaz five, Salah four, Henderson twelve. Total presses in that game. I know it was a sixty minutes or something, but twelve total presses. Not once did we get the ball back when he put the effort in off the ball. I tell you what, the, that is pretty damning, uh, Roti. And I'm just going to just back a stage staff because if you look at the blue dots in your image, I think there's six or eight in the half or centre zone in their half, uh, the half spaces, yeah? Yeah. Which, if you look back at the incomplete passes map that we've done, that's one of the highest dense areas, which shows you, I think, complete almost another layer of that picture is that we were winning the ball back from a press in a high area and then losing it. We weren't making use of one of our most, the highest mechanisms for creating XG is winning it through a press. And yet we, we were doing that in the right areas, as the blue dots on your image says, I think that they're successful presses, um, and then losing the ball. So on to the second half. I mean, we already touched about the um, touch on the offside goal. Um, but after that scare, Bart, it was a pretty, it was a much better second half, wasn't it, from us? Um <laughs> And yeah. I know Newcastle did. I think they eased off a bit. They made some subs, which helped. We made. They, they made negative. They made negative subs. I think uh, very early on. They got the the offside goal was uh, fairly early on into second half, wasn't it? If yeah, I remember about 50, correctly. yeah, about fifty minutes, I think. Yeah, and I think after that didn't go in. They then decided, right? Well, we'll try and we'll try and see this out. Yeah. Um, which. 
Yeah, that was what said, 55 minutes, wasn't it? So, yeah, they 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 then had uh, Murphy and Chris Wood came on at 64. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it, it's 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 a tra- it's a period. I think we I hate using intangibles, but we did seem to come out with a bit more intense. Um, we I think if you put in the end uh, snapshot of what you put in for the first half, I think we closed the gap a lot on the terms of um aerial duels and, and the yeah, rest of it yeah the intensity was good yeah it was, was a, it was a, it was a lot more it was almost like they'd had a kick up the ass at half time wasn't it to be honest <laughs> yeah and, and again i know we hate using that kind of uh phraseology but it it did seem very much like right there's a lot more purpose uh i i actually thought our passing was a bit crisper uh mm. in the, in the second half um and it was, but then there were still little wobbles. Do you know what I mean? There was, there was, uh, there was a few passes between Virgil and, and Robbo that weren't quite as quite as on it. Um, I've also got Danny. Did we miss not have pen? Should we not, we not got a pen? Was that them not got a pen? Maybe they no, should have got a pen. But we made oh, no, Henderson when he was rugby tackled. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. But we scored a really we scored a really nice equaliser, Rosie. Yeah, we did. We did, and it was um, the 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 other eight, and it was working down the side <laughs> of the pitch that was kind of working for us. Or, or should I say our only eight? Um, it was um, yes, it was. It's a Salah cutback, but the build-up's nice, um, and yeah, it's. I think it's, it's an eight percent chance or six percent chance on some model. Mm. Um, and yeah, it's, from, you know, it's a lovely, lovely little bit of control and dribble from Salah. Um, but yeah, Elliot helps to create it for Bino as well. So yeah, I think, yeah, I think, I think it's fair to say that after a, a very, very dodgy first two matches of the season, I think Bobby's actually playing really well. I think he played really well oh. in this, this half here and he played really well against, um, against Everton. I thought he's, yeah, I think you're right. He's, uh, I mean, that move was five passes from front to back. Uh, and the thing is, it's a counter again. This is yeah. the chance, isn't it? He was, he was added to Fab, Fab to Elliot, who finds Mario Moto, Bobby and God. Uh, yeah. He was, uh, yeah. he was on, yeah, five or under, which is, which is a real good counter boy move. Something you haven't done for a while, you know, break at speed and with purpose. And I think but you're right. It was a weird pass. He was, and Bobby was high. Do you know what I mean? Bobby not, wasn't doing the dropping in stuff that he was doing towards the end of the last season. Uh, and to be fair, Fulham, he, he he was high in the right areas, expecting Mo to deliver that ball, and he did, and he put it away. It, it was first a great finish. finish. First it time finish. Really, 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 really good finish. Really also, good it's also key to say that a lot of people have been saying Mo's not as involved as normal. <laughs> He's got four key passes again. It's higher than anybody else. Yeah, I know, yeah. yeah. He's got yeah, four I mean... key passes, three shots a game. He's got more tech G. I mean... It's a different role, though, isn't it? Right, it's a different role. It is, and I don't, and I think it's a role that we kind of shouldn't be using him in. Yeah, we don't want yeah. more Salah the playmaker, do we? No, we don't. He's the second best um, passer in the team behind the Trent, so he's the second most creative player we've got. Yeah, you don't, I, don't, I don't think you want it to be dominant part of his game. But no, I, think, I mean, I'd no, rather, no, the other way around. I'd rather four shots and two point five key passes. You know what I mean? I think. Right. 
that kind yeah. of balance yeah. is, is is more important. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's fair enough. So um, triple sub, um, Hendo, Robo, Trent off, uh, Millie, Costas, Mini, and Baby Fab on. Uh, and I think it's fair to say that the subs made us better considerably, um, considering with, uh, in conjunction with Newcastle's negative subs, uh, um, Bart's. And I'm gonna I'm gonna controversially say that in this match, uh, probably because um, Newcastle negative subs as well, um, James Milner actually played the right back role better than Trent in this for his for his last 25 minutes, and you know, and Baby Fab was uh, was fantastic in uh, in his in his attacking role. Yeah, I I, I would say it's controversial viewpoint, but no, I. I... I think Milner has a role in the squad, doesn't he? Uh, and I think he came on and played what he needed to do here very well. I thought the introduction of, of Baby Fab was key. Uh, I think he gave us the. I think he gave gave us on the ball quality in the areas where we were getting the ball, so we were making use of where the, we were getting the balls to make the right passes, which. Henderson wasn't just simply wasn't doing. Yeah, and then and then both the fullbacks off. I mean, they yeah. they are they are both struggling. I think, and you talk about the core of players physically. I mean, I think they're they're, they're pretty much near the top of the list. Those two, aren't they? Yeah, they are. I mean, I, I popped in uh, the uh, expected possession value part, uh, network, which I've I've done, and if you both fullbacks have actually got the highest EPV for the for the team with Henderson third, but what that tells you is that they're struggling to execute the right ball to make advantage of the, what they should be doing, if you know what I mean. EPV is, is a probability of the action they'll create from that, from them uh, to literally to a goal. Yeah. Um, so they, if your two fullbacks quite rightly generally should have high EPV values, but because they are both, as we've said, struggling with form and consistency, they're not making the best use of where they are on the pitch and when they're receiving the ball. Yeah. Now, Rosie, the other thing we need to talk about a lot in this match, and we haven't touched on it deliberately until this point because I was really hoping that Sai was going to have his Discord. Sai, we've lost Sai for the rest of the pod. Um, Discord's kicked him out um, and he can't get back in. So, unfortunately, it's just the three of us now. Uh, and it's a real shame because, as part of his late watch of this game, Sai um, agreed to, to collect the data <laughs> on all of Newcastle's time wasting uh, from this match. <laughs> and he had a spreadsheet and his notes ready to go, which will never hear the light of day, no, I'm afraid. <laughs> but, Rosie, we have a stand in. Yes, and this is um, someone on Tompkins Times, Fair is a really good subscriber, and he decided to go through the game. And um, he did what he considered to be the time wasted incidents. And he took a clock stop and a restart. Um, so, for example, there was a call kick in the after two minutes and sixteen seconds, uh, where is it? Pope complains of um, vision yeah. issues, yeah, <laughs> which was ironic considering some of the saves he made. But that took one minute forty three seconds. Yeah, now, I can yeah. say as someone who collected the pressing in this game, it was an absolute delight. Someone in Newcastle's time wasting because I just kept <laughs> <laughs> if if Although fight, there was 102 minutes in total. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. um, but then there was a there's a Diaz foul, a Diaz foul, and another minute. Diaz, 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 Diaz and Lascelles twice. Yeah, yeah that's fine. Clash. Clashes. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. After 11 minutes, one minute 20 seconds. Um, so they wasted four minutes and 48 seconds in the first half. Then obviously, coming out in the second half, there's a lot more incidents. The, the small, the, they're not as long, um, apart from the Port one in the in injury time, which thankfully the ref 
said, right, well, I see what you're doing here. <laughs> You've done it before. I'm going to carry on. I'm just going to keep playing until I've added on that. Yeah, so that. but just just, 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 the, just the ones. I like the ones I like on this one, Rosie, is that 15 minutes, 21 seconds, 33 second delay because Joe Linton went down under no contact. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Dan Byrne, 41 minutes, 56 seconds. Dan Byrne falls. Um uh, along with Sean Longstaff, yeah, so two two Newcastle players down. Thirty-two seconds to lay there. Um, uh, <laughs> what Matt Target, the target face doesn't even come in contact. Yeah, Matt, Matt, what Matt Target didn't somebody's finger brush his cheek or something? <laughs> yeah, uh, who's, who's was it? <laughs> Matt, Matt Target facial injury. There, forty-four seconds there on forty-two minutes fifty-five seconds. Uh, and then the first of Nick Pope's falling to the falling to the ground, catching. Oh. The his yeah. picture impressions. 16 yeah. seconds there at the end of the half. Um, then um, Pope, in the second half, this is, you know you what you said about the negative subs, there's a lot more incidents in the second half here as well. The, yeah. the, they, they obviously gave up after the disallowed goal and then they went into full, full, full time wasting mode there. Time behind, 10 men behind the ball, time wasting mode. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, th- Pope takes 30 seconds over a goal kick. 20 seconds over a throw out after a catch from a cross. I mean, what happened to six second rule? Oh, yeah. I see the worst. The worst ones are the ones in. Um, have you seen the one in the second ninety-two thirty? Pope catches ball from cross, heavy fall to ground. One minute yeah. thirty-three seconds he takes yeah. out the game. So I mean, another, another one, lads, and this was, and this frustrated me at the time. We brought on three subs after six and nine minutes. It took one minute and 54 seconds because Henderson was trying to figure out who to give the captain's armband to. Oh, no, yeah. He runs off and he he doesn't know if Milner's coming on, so then he runs back on. Gives it a BBD. I mean... 63 minutes, Joe Linton was down for the third time. Uh, Minimal contact here, 53-second delay. Uh, Sean Longstaff down for the second time, then 74 minutes, 45 seconds, 56-second delay. Uh, and then we get Lascelles down for the third time, Joe Linton for the fourth time with cramp. Cramp. <laughs> 77 minutes, 32 seconds, 28 seconds. Uh, uh, then we, yeah, then we are kicking the ball away, 86 minutes, 57. That was a 41-second delay. Uh, yeah. Pope, Pope takes 22 seconds over a throwout on 88 minutes, 44 seconds. Another six-second rule violation there. So Joe Linton four times, Lascelles three times, Longstaff, twice and then the king the king of time wasting having played for four years under um sean deitch yep yep he he he's learned from the master hasn't he really he has indeed. yeah but yeah. you know like you said one minute 33 seconds there in in added time and um that's ultimately what what was played on the added time to the end of added time yeah so talk, talk us talk us through the set piece winner the set piece winner. So, is that? I tell you what was good though. Was I thought the Mo. We were talking about Mo's influence, yeah. So in the ninety sixth minute, ninety seventh, Mo gets the ball, runs at them after Joe gives him the ball and wins the corner. Do you know what I mean? It's like dead in. It's in dead time, and Mo's still going at it to win the corner. We win the corner. It's an outswinger to back uh, to mid zone. Joe wins the header. Mo then. Goes up for the next header. I'm not sure whether he gets a load of contacts, but it drops and Baby Fab just pops up and smashes but, it into the net. Did you not notice the absolute brilliant flick from the Newcastle player? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Whether whether it was Mo or the Newcastle player, but it Newcastle was. Newcastle player does a back flick 
and flick it back into play when he could just leave it to go out. And I guess he's just trying to clear it and do do anything, but it's a wonderful bit of skill. Yeah, it's, I just thought the finish as well, though I can't, I can't remember the XG for it, but it was absolutely a phenomenal finish from um, point maybe one, four. Point one, four. On understand. Yeah, 1.4. Yeah. I, that's, at that stage as a guy of the game, for someone so young, uh, I just thought it was, was brilliant and exactly what it deserves. And the best bit was he then goes down injured. Baby Fab fakes an injury in his celebration to kill some he more time. I thought it was brilliant. He goes to the Newcastle corner. I know. And, and then <laughs> fakes an injury. I thought it was brilliant. Peak Allison copying pictures. Yeah, that was. Yeah. So, Rosie, um, I decided on Thursday to um, go through our favourite <laughs> ball in playtime Hooper. on Scout. Um, and I was absolutely shocked when I was looking at the Newcastle ball and playtime across their matches. It wasn't just what well, I thought when I looked at our match with them. It's fifty-two minutes twenty-four. That's low for you know. You know, we know that fifty-five minutes eleven. I think it was last season was the average of the Premier League. But fifty-two twenty-four for us. But then I looked at the other Newcastle matches and I thought, hang on, these are, these numbers are scandalous here. The ball in playtimes. Um, so the Wolves the Wolves match this season forty-five minutes thirty seconds in the Wolves game. Ball in play for Newcastle. Uh, Man City, 51-14. Brighton, 44 minutes, 33 seconds. Less than half the match in play. There was 54 <laughs> minutes and 20 seconds, 27 seconds of dead time in the Brighton game. And then even the Forest home game, which they on the opening day, 49 minutes and 13 ball in play. So they, their season, their average for the season, 48 minutes, 35 seconds. So they were 16th for ball in play time in the Premier League last season and their 15th so far this season yeah, it's mind-blowing isn't it it's it's mind-blowing that the, the best league in the world apparently has teams who virtually have a full half where the ball's not in play yeah they have a full half every game and Marcotti, i've been listening to Marcotti for years and he's been saying that this should 60 minutes 60, 60 minutes minute, yeah. timekeeper yeah. get the hour of football being played Get rid of time wasting, so it can never be a tactic. So teams could never use it because you just stop it. And now it wouldn't stop the Pope diving on the floor, but if you had good refs that said, right, you've six got seconds. Six, why six seconds? Yeah. You've got six seconds. If you if you eight seconds, it's a booking. Maybe nine or ten, but if anything over ten, it's a booking. Done. People aren't going to do it anymore. But the fact they're not enforcing it. But then the fact that he did enforce it in this game. Because of that stoppage and injury time, means that maybe some of the rest are becoming more aware of it. But yeah, like you are saying, that it's peak Pulis, Dan. You, that's what you said. Peak yeah, basically, Pulis. I said it. It's a, basically, it's a, it's this, this is ingrained in Newcastle's game plan. You know, which considering considering when I spent two million last January. Economics. Yeah. That's a bit. That's what I was going to say. Considering they're aspiring to be. I say top side in the inverted commas, right? But you know, just said they spent two hundred million pound, right? They've not been short of spending money this summer transfer window. It's it's a bit of a weird strategy to bring in because you would have thought with better quality players, you want them to have the ball. Yeah, you want you if you if you think you've got better quality, it's in your interest you, to make to the have the ball, right? Possible, yeah, you've got Bruno in midfield. You've just got a lad up front who's who yeah. looks very very good. You've got ball playing centre half if they decide to play him in uh, Botman, and you've got attacking fullbacks. I mean, I would have thought mm. that's a pretty good recipe to have the ball in play, but seemingly yeah. has changed his way so, of playing. 
the only interesting question here was um, based on what I saw with the we, we saw with the Newcastle physicality and the intensity as well. Is it is it actually in their interest as a team to 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 take more um, time out the game, have more restarts, so it allows shorter, more intense bursts, which suits their players, such as Joe Linton, for example, and Willock, and Willock, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, so that's what I mean. You could have a strategy, more restarts, so and with more rest in between. A bit they're like Leeds. The Leeds also the Leeds. tallest team in the league, Dan. Are they? Yeah, so yeah. some people work for them as well. You've Le- got Le- Le- Burn, you've got Joe Linton, you've got uh, yeah. Longstaff, you've got... Well, Bruno's not small, is he? It's that Isaac, <clears> yeah. Yeah. So Leeds under Bielsa actually looked at this as well. Their ball and play numbers were quite low as well, so that makes sense as well. Is it under the, is it in their interest to to to, to have more yeah. you know time and restarts so that they can play with more intensity and in, in, with what's left? Yeah. Particularly if they're playing, if Newcastle are going to keep doing this break at numbers at speed, yeah. So put it in the channel and attack with four runners. Then yeah, it makes a little bit of sense that you want to reduce the amount of times you do that in a game because that's that's to run half a length of pitch. Without the ball, with the ball, he's he's tiring. Yeah. What, so, I don't get, what I don't get, Dan and Phil, is that after fifty minutes, it's got a counter attack goal that was slightly offside, and then they stopped even trying to do that. Mm. It seems to me that if you've got a, a strategy that's worked for fifty odd minutes and they're still one 0 up, yeah. don't don't stop doing it. Don't go, right, now I'm going to be negative and just waste a lot of time and my keeper's going to dive on the floor and stuff. Go, right, oh, I think we can catch you again. I think we're going to catch you again. Yeah, but I think maybe you don't mean, was, was you don't done. I think their, their outlet up front might have been out yeah, of gas. Yeah, yeah. yeah they, they, well, they brought on Chris. Brought on yeah, Chris, Chris yeah. Anyway, yeah. right, we, need, we, do, we really do need to move on to Everton now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we're not going to spend as long on this one. Um, uh, you know, there's a few there's a few things that we want to discuss. So, um. Liverpool lineup um, was Simicast in for Robertson at left back. Um, Darwin Nunes came straight back in for Bobby Firmino up front. And then in uh, the midfield, um, we went um, with the gamble, Bart. So, I mean, you posited whether we might see this. Um, I guess we were all a bit excited, but I guess the things, you know, maybe don't always play out the way you want to. Yeah, I think Kasai was like. Saying in a couple of games, it'll be quite interesting to see how that will work in midfield. And we got it for against Newcastle tail end. Um, you know, because Baby Fab was playing. We were chasing left. the game when looking. We were chasing the game. Time. Game state. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was, we were yeah, throwing players really on. Different. Yeah, yeah. So to start like that, yeah, I think we were all excited because you want to see. I think yeah. we've all been very positive about Baby Fab's introduction, yeah. and it gives you the option: of, do you want to play Milner or do you want to play Baby Fab in 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 midfield? I think a lot of us would have gone. Let's just give the kid a game. You see but how it goes. I think it didn't work fair, out, you know. I think it's fair to say now that categorically he is not a midfielder he, and he's not ready to be a midfielder in our system. I think the latter is true. I'm not saying he's not a midfielder. I'm saying right now he isn't a midfielder. No. But the thing is, when, when Linders, when we signed him, Linders said he is a forward this season. and then Yeah, we, exactly. So he should never have been. That, yeah, 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 we have. But I mean, and I think, I think you guys, obviously I was out, but it was... This does come back to an age-old question we've always said is about having the roles in midfield and our system needs to work with having the right yeah. players in the right position. And although it's great to see him go for it, if you like, get two youngsters it's one in, of those in things two lives, he, doesn't, we always, he didn't have the connector. We always t- we talked about it on the UP for years, haven't we, Rhodesy, yeah. about how how do you play how do you play a 10, a, a, you know, a number 10? Yeah. 
um, in a four three three, which is the Klopp default. You can't. There's no. There's no room for a number ten. No. You need, Particularly you need, when you're right, you're still right. really doing. You can have the you can have the front three being in a yeah. double pivot, and then you've got a ten. Yeah. yeah. Particularly it, when Elliot's playing really wide at the moment. He's yeah. playing really wide. So it's it's really difficult to see how Elliot and Carvalho actually start the same match. Unless you unless Carvalho is playing ahead of Diaz. And even then, do you really want Carvalho on the left wing? He's he really needs to be in that ten role, right? That's it. I that's don't know. Role. I think he I don't. I wouldn't go that far because we can be quite fluid up front. If he if he starts okay. from the left, his starting okay. position on the left could be. You remember Coutinho was playing in the yeah. line. Yeah, you could have a similar kind of uh, node with that, and you could get more out of Fab starting wide left than you do from Diaz. Yeah, but it's yeah, basically it looks like you know he he needs to be either that. The ten. He needs to if, start, if yeah. If we're playing a four-two-three-one, or maybe he could play in the left wing position for and Diaz. But yeah. it, it is difficult to see how both Elliot and Carvalho play in play the same, same eleven. Game. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Unless you play, I mean, you could play box again. That would be a double pivot situation. Then you drop one of the forwards, aren't you? So yeah, you know, yeah. and you drop yeah. Salah or Nunes or well, you drop Nunes or Bobby, didn't you? So yeah, yeah, or, yeah. or Diaz, whatever you want. So it, yeah. it, it, it's, it's it's a harsh lesson learned. It was an interesting experiment. A lot that people wanted to see. But yeah, I think I think a lot of lessons have been learned even after even after. Were, were we fortunate that he got a slight knock and had to come off? Would well, changed it regardless. Should we just say um, about that one, right? The reaction to that uh, Bart's was to bring Bobby on. Yeah, which, which and again, was, like, I, was crazy. But you know, yeah, I thought it was because again, you know, like I only watched it today, so I was like, I love, but I was like, why, why have we brought? I, you know, I sat there for 10 minutes sort of going, why has he brought you into midfield when you've just signed Tiago Light? Yeah. You've just signed the connector. And you've got Milner, who he's not the best, but he can play the connector well, role, right? And then and should read the, all the subs team asked about face, because then he brings Milner on for Trent, and then he gets skinned by um, Gordon. Yeah, so he and, puts him in midfield, and he yeah. plays better in midfield. Yeah, it, you know, yeah. It, it just, I didn't, you know, I wrote in my notes going through, I was sort of, what is going on here? I didn't understand. If you bought Miller and put him in midfield for the start, I think you might have got a purchase in the game a lot earlier on. You know, it, it seemed we had the last period of game we had with some good, we seen yeah, some good know, chances. We, we've said Trent's out of form. We've said, you know, there might be an issue with Virgil or Fab, Henderson definitely. But Klopp's made a bad decision there. Another Not one. In terms of, I don't even think in terms of just bringing Firmino on is a bad decision. I think that the Milner sub, he he noticed it in 15 minutes and swapped yeah. it again, which well, is good because it's money. The whole we, we almost spent the whole game chasing our personnel, didn't we? To get yeah. the yeah, you know, and in hindsight, yeah. Milner for Carvalho and Gomez, go, you know, and and maybe Matip as well. With Gomez going right back, you know, so or when you when you want to sub off Trent, sorry, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that that was yeah, yeah, sensible. Yeah. You know, whether you agree with the Trent sub or not, you know, he, he's he's irrelevant. But to move Gomez to right back where he's played and and he can edit because Everton had pace down the wings, didn't they? So you don't uh, put in a thirty-seven. Yeah, it's Damari Gray and basically. Yeah, and, that's and, just and, yeah, that's just asking. Almost, that is literally asking Marley, them to go and attack your fullback. Yeah, you know, so, I didn't so, think Tomiscus should Acosta should have come off. To be fair, but no, no, he played quite well. I thought Acosta. So yeah, that's we've done all the subs back here. Now if Sai was on, um, and actually no, before we before we do that, um, Rosie, let's give us that match summary. 
because there's a lot there's a lot there's a lot to like in this one right in terms of the numbers and the output um yes 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 and no it's um exactly the same amount of shots from us as there was against newcastle 23 shots but to 14 um 1.9 non-penalty xg to 1.4 20 shots in the box dan um which is mind-blowing i'm i'm saying i keep saying oh we need to work better quality shots but it's like we're working and it's quite an ability this we're working lots of shots and touches in the box yeah. and making them really bad <laughs> we could none of them are good shots <laughs> it's mad um 20 shots to 11 in the box eight shots on target we obviously pickford got man of the match eight shots to three on target but again i, I always come back to it um one big chance each it's not good enough it's it's the it's a terrible ratio of big chances to shots big chances to shots in the box um, our shot quality in this game, I've touched on already, I think it was 7%. Um, 44 touches. We are now at a level of our penalty box touches that we've never been at under Klopp. Yeah. We've never had this many. But Everton had 27 touches in our box, which is incredibly high for an opposition team. That's a lot for an opposition team. Oh, yeah. And their touches tended to be coming from... I know they had quite a few from set pieces, but their touches tended to be coming from counters which is the best kind of touch in the penalty box. Yeah. Because if you're countering, you've only got two or three players, as opposed to what Newcastle did. They had eight players, nine players in their box when we were having their 50, our 50 touches. In this game, Newcastle uh, Everton are having, what, say out of those 27, 15 touches in the box on counter-attacks. It's a yeah. massive concern. Um, also, right, I said to you, didn't I, when I did the biz before watching the game, first time I'd done it, but um, one of the things I noticed was a lot of the or the majority of shots were on the left-hand side of our area. Yes. It looks so, like maps in the... So I put the shot map in for Everton, and they're in the left-hand side. So exactly where we were, where Fab was, baby Fab, Virgil, that's Virgil's side, um, and Diaz and Nunes not shutting off. So that whole left-hand channel... Yeah. Was where the ball was coming down, and they had one, two, it's three. Quite interesting that Klopp's first sub was to change the right hand side. Exactly <laughs> where we where Trent might not have been having a great ball on the game, uh, on the ball, sort a great game on the ball, shall we say? But the left hand side was where they were they were getting in. Yeah, am I the only one who thinks that Trent looks like he's running in treacle at the moment? <laughs> I'm not I'm not as fussed as you are because I still I think he's working defensively on his game. I do think he's a bit more reserved in his in his defensive side of his game. Uh and I think you've seen that. I don't think there's many attacks. Do you know what I mean? I don't think there's many crosses yeah. coming from the right hand side or shots. So I think that's taking something out of him and it's changing the way he's playing. Um I, 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 he's not. He's not Trent, is he? But he's also trying to do this new thing that yeah. we're asking. To I guess. Do, meant, so. I guess mainly meant just like physically, just terms of. He just seems to be hard. Yeah. For him. He doesn't, yeah, yeah I don't but I think that's well, because he's got. To, he's thinking about too many things. I think. Hawkins keeps saying that he's not tracking. He's not tracking very well, Dan. So that kind of fits with what you're saying. Yeah, but I think he's. I think he's got too many things to think about. Them. I think they all have. I think they're all trying to work out this new system and they've got too many things in their head. Systems, as we know, work better when it's like, right, if I go to A, I go to B next. And then when yeah. I get to B, I go to C. At the moment, they get into A and they're like, oh, B's not working. Uh, can yeah. I go to C? No, I better well, go back to A thought, 
we are going to come to that in a minute when we talk about cool. Nunes, right? But um, if Sai was on, right, and I put this on the agenda specifically for him, he would want to talk about another one of our big players, which is Virgil van Dijk. And yeah. um, something that happened in the first two minutes of this match that Sai was shocked by, um, and it was Neil Mope, he basically just went straight at Virgil in the, yeah. you know, on Everton's first attack, right? Yeah, stood, stood him up, went up, ran at him and just beat him. Uh, and they got to get a corner off it. I can't remember if the attack show comes in and saves it, I think. Um, but yeah, in the first five minutes, just... And I think size right. Normally, on a break one of that, Virgil would be like, right, I'm here. And they'd look for a pass out wide. But in that first five minutes, he just went, no, nah, I'm running at you. And ran at him with pace and then beat him and uh, went past him. So, um, there's been a lot of... Disc- I mean, Virgil hasn't been uh, objectively bad. Um, but what, what we, I think what we can say is that he's not been... Um, at his at his normal levels and is significantly below his is 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 very very high standards. So, but it's 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 always difficult to look at find stuff in the data, isn't it? But with defenders, because you know, yeah, the whole point about events. But there are still things that there's there's a few stories in there, isn't there? Yeah, I mean, I said to you, wasn't it? Uh, we were chatting in the week, and his aerial ball rate win rate this season hasn't been that high. About five for points Five points lower. That's. I mean, I know this game. He, I think he was 100 percent for the Everton game, but mm. previously he was around in the 30s. And that's not Virgil. Virgil's is win win the ball in both boxes. That's yeah. one of his things, and he hasn't been doing that. He's also. He just hasn't looked. I know this is really untangible, but on the ball, you've got his pass rate completion is yeah, lower as it's, well. It's lower. It's lower. It's not. Good. It's just looks really hard for him. The number of times he's mis hit a ball out to Robbo and it's gone behind him. Yeah. Now I'm not saying Robbo's not maybe he's a bit too high and there's a bit of communication, but it's not just not easy for him to bring the ball out and play. Um, so yeah, he's not his usual imperious self. So I've got a Con- few numbers. I would say Dan, yeah, I, just 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 bring you in here because I think it's key. Uh, one, this Sai was touching on was about an aura thing. So yeah, I think the aura's gone and now um, players aren't scared, but. Your the best thing, example of that was the Inter Milan game, wasn't it? Yeah, and but you're saying, and I think this is a system thing with your left eight or your left back. He's exposed. And he's now, and this you can bring this in now, making more defensive actions that he didn't used to do. Yeah, and it's only marginal because Virgil is the player who doesn't commit. That's his style, isn't it? He waits and yeah. waits and waits and waits. Waits for the other player, the forward, to make the decision, to make the wrong decision, and then and then pounce. However, he is even with up to basic events, he is making more. So lastly, if you t- total up his clearances, blocks, and interceptions per match, last year he was four point five per match. This year, five point five. So one more. Um. He's making slightly more tackles, 0.2 per match, but his win rate is significantly down, 20% down on his tackle win rate. Now, that's a difficult thing with Opta generally, so I'm not going to dwell yeah. on that. Last season on FB Ref, he was dribbled past four times all season, uh, and he had gave away 10 fouls all season. And this season, he's, had, he's already been dribbled past twice. One of those might have been the Morpay one. Um, based on what potentially did it look like a dribble pass to you? I, I yeah. thought it looked like a pass, yeah. And five fouls already this season, including the yellow card in this game for all the, the one on Onana. So he's already committed That's half the fouls he did last season and, and half a pen. his dribble pass and a conceded pen in six matches. So, yeah, 
concerns I, there. I think, and, and I know we're talking small samples of six games, but for me that is absolutely vital. If you're if you're having to commit more fouls, it means you're making, I think, a good decision to foul a player when you're being attacked, usually on the counter, because we know the teams that have been attacking us this season is usually on the counter. And then and then you've got a penalty giveaway and you've got two dribble passes as opposed to four over across the season. It's it's all adding up to he's like Fab with the pressing, he's just been exposed more. Yeah, I think you're right, Rosie. We set a system up to make the attacking the the other team, the opposition's play predictable. So we say, fine, this is us, but you can only attack in these areas, which then Virgil and the other centre half will mop up and deal with with Fab. At the moment, because of the things we spoke about in the previous game, where we're not we're not we're making an error at the key moment, we're being transitioned on quickly, which means that we aren't controlling where they're attacking us, which is exposing Virgil, Fab and at the moment Gomez. And typically it's happening when one or both of the fullbacks are in attacking. And because this season we're pushing both our eights up, you are typically finding us being attacked four on three which is incredibly hard to defend against anyway, no matter whether you are also there maybe, as you've touched on the beginning of this pod about the physical demands are not quite there, because it will be every player, it won't be just a few players. Yeah. Not being able to deal with it. So I think it's all piecing together to this problem that we've got. Where Team doing to us what we've done to them. Is it, and they're now setting up to do that. Newcastle did it. Everton did it. They put two players in each channel Palace. ready to go. Oh. Palace did it. They all did it. So they launched the ball into a channel. As soon as they won it, nicked it off us in negative. In, and then when we were trying to transition, ping in a channel and they've had two runners in that channel, which is incredibly difficult to defend against. Yeah. Normal Virgil would be like, yeah, no worries. I'll sort that out. And the moment he can't, he can't do it. Well, he's, yeah. he's not doing it as effectively. And then, until we show that we can deal with it, opposition teams are going to carry on doing it. Of course. Well, and, and I think it will come. I'm trying to be positive here. I think if we get our our attacking game working and we increase the quality of our passing and the intensity of our pressing and the quantity of our pressing the two yeah. come back yeah. the and, opportunity and for them the, to and counter and we have the intensity us. again yeah right? and the, the, the opportunity for them to counter us and therefore cause us to negatively transition will be reduced okay. and therefore we can deal with it so let's talk about the other um, the joker in the pack here um, we, we talk about all this <laughs> yeah. happening and then we have to talk about how do we get? How does everybody get familiar with a player like Darwin Nunes, who is quite probably the most unique profile footballer <laughs> I think I've ever seen? Right, just just before we carry on, right? He has had it is mind blowing, isn't it? Uh, he's had fifty nine. He hasn't even played two full matches this season, right? But he's had fifty nine total touches, of which fifteen have been shots, and four have been chances created for other players. So that's a third of his touches. Is all of his touches, his ball events, have been either shots or chances created for others. So he's taking a shot every twelve minutes. Seven point five shots per ninety. I don't understand. Yeah, and uh, he's over one point. He's one point zero four expected goals plus expected assists per ninety at the moment. It's one point seven five xg plus xa per ninety. Yeah, on Otter, yeah, yeah. On on understat, sorry. Yeah, on understat. Yeah, it's just nuts. Now. Okay, so, so, so I mean, Rosie, the one thing that we, was really weird in the first half was how much time he spent on the left wing. 
we haven't really got Sai to talk talk to us about that one. But it, 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 little swapping with Diaz going on there. Yeah, and Diaz going in the centre forward role for a long that, period. Is that again getting something wrong? I didn't understand that. Oh, but, I thought it was nuts. <sighs> yeah. But we did switch it towards the last 10 of the first half, didn't we, anyway? Um, and then, mm-hmm. lo and behold... Um, I think yeah, I think you had about six, I think you had six shots and no, sorry, five shots in eighteen minutes or something at one point. It's just yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, including Rosie, we have to talk about the first of Jordan Pickford man of match. To be fair to him, the T Rex arm somehow managed to reach that volley. Unbelievable, oh, the, the Torres one, right? Yeah, <laughs> Torres. I love it. Like Gag said, the Torres one, and it took me about two minutes to crack on to what he was talking about. Um, yes, it he it's just an abs- It's just a phenomenon. He he seems to like you say like a bit like Harland and and I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if we find out at the end of the season that both of them have similar numbers maybe not goals but similar numbers. Um, he just seems to create shot actions at the moment. Um, I am concerned about his pressing. I know Sai so si, si was going to come on and Sai has talked in the group about... Sai would say that he was he's very impressed with Darwin's walking. Walk yeah, he's yeah. winning the walking, apparently. <laughs> winning the walking. So I want to put that forward because I didn't do the pressing in this game, but I do think as I was watching it live and then watched it again, there's a lot of it, Dan. The pressing alarming. If I is pressing in the final third, if he's the trigger... He's not triggering anything because he's, he's not. not he's not triggering at the moment, but he's also got a thirty-nine percent receiving success. Yeah, which considering we were criticising Mane for being at sixty the end of last season, not playing the role, right? Yeah, that, but we have got to say worrying. two games. We have got to say that two games. So I, yeah. I, I, I completely. This was that was just the Everton game, but I'm just saying. Yeah, I, yeah. This things. I mean, the the other thing about that that Torres is it at the moment to as analysts, he's a complete enigma. Yeah, he's a, bit like Nabby. he's a bit like Nabby. He's a bit like Nabby was in midfield, right? I just can't work him out. He's got yeah. unbelievable on-ball numbers. Looks, I think, terrible off the ball in terms of the system we yeah. want to play. But if you're having seven shots a game and 1.7 XG and XA per night, yeah, that, I'll, I'll keep you. I'll keep you. <laughs> yeah. that's, but you know, the thing... Right, right, you know that that chant, the Torres goal, do you know what I think that annoyed me the most? Is the thing that Sai said about Diaz. Is it Diaz picks the ball up, who could have made a very easy chance for for Nunes, but he goes around three three players and hits post. He's looking for the spectacular. Oh, from the rebound, yeah. From the rebound, right? And and I'm just saying, and I'm not wanting to make a comparison with players that have left, but I think we would have scored from that with other players there. Because we would have gone right. What's the what's the percentage? We already knew where the other players were. Yeah, I think that's one. You know, Mane would have played the percentage play. Yeah, and, and Mo, you can see Mo would have tapped it in. Right, it would have been a pullback, and Mo would have gone yeah. and tapped it in. Yeah, and then that's where that's what a couple of us have said about Diaz is that he's looking to do that thing of I can do that, and we're it's costing us because that should have been one nil. No matter, come to, go, yeah, but going back to Darwin, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So you, you, you basically how 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 does a team figure out how to play with that player and and vice versa? Because it it's it's completely alien to everything else that we've ever done. I think you and I, I, I we've spoken about this so much. It's a long time in, but at the moment, I think we have tweaked the system to get the best out of him, but we haven't yeah. got the players to play the system. 
Right. Remember, we would normally have pretty much a double pivot with Thiago and Fab behind, right? Yeah. So the negative transition element wouldn't be a problem. Yeah. yeah. We'd be sitting in and it would allow Elliot to do that three or more role rather than sticking to the right or whoever's playing the right side eight to pop the balls in. The only thing I think Nunez needs to do more of is actually stay in the width for the 18 of the six yard box, which is what yeah. Harlow's doing for City. Yeah. yeah. He's not going out in the wide channels. Yeah. So I think if he does that, and unfortunately, it might take us to get the players back to get the best out of him. Yeah. Or a cop just says, look, play within these areas. Maybe it's a communication thing. But you'd, you'd think having three games or, off worth of training, they would have worked on it. Or like you said, just play Artur or, or, or Milner in, as the double pivot. Yeah, yeah, just play that. And then yeah. it gives us a platform. Yeah. And then Nunes just plays down the middle. Don't worry about the other stuff, right? Yeah. It's pretty simple to do that. It'll get the chances. Yeah, because his short locations there are still what four of them are in between are in the yeah. six yard box. Six, six yard box. Well, again, like Si was saying in the group, I don't think our right side is as bad as what people are making out. Just some numbers. Um, Trent is obviously not as good, but he's having one point five shots a game and two point four key passes. Mah- Salah's having two point eight shots a game, four key passes. Elliot's having 2.1 shots a game, 1.5 key passes. We, we're having like 15 shot-creating actions coming down our right-hand side. Now, they might not be quality, they might not be high quality, but that doesn't seem to me like a system issue. The issue doesn't seem to me to be on that side of the gate. I'm not saying Trent's in form. I'm not saying... I think I think Salah's in fine. His, his form's fine. I think Elliot has been probably our player of the season. So, for me, the right-hand side isn't the issue. No, I think on the ball, Rhodes, I think you find, I mean, uh, EPV, uh, Trent's got 0.8, Elliot's got 0.3, and Salah's got uh, 16. So, as a triangle, and Gomez behind them has got 14. So, as that right-hand side triangle, if you, uh, whatever you call that uh, shape, but anyway, two triangles together, should we say. Uh, yeah, I think that's, that's more than enough expected uh, possession value to create uh, a goal-scoring opportunity. I think the problem in this game is Nunes. It was not connected to any of the front players by more, by uh, four, by no more than four passes. Let's, let's talk about that. Let's talk about that average position map because that's one of the worst we've ever seen. Yeah. Well, it matches up with the pressing map, which was equally bad as well. Yeah. I, I think it's just, I think it's just supposed to show the build that was broken. Ty said that uh, Carvalho was 15, 15 meters too high. One five. That is sorry. Too and then two deep pitch. the other way. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, and he said, he, unfortunately, I think the word he used was a hologram in this match. So he just yeah, didn't affect, it, didn't affect it, the game at all, unfortunately. Yeah. And and it affected the the build-up of the whole team, didn't it? Yeah, because you because t- I thought Costas was actually having a good game on the ball, but was. we didn't get the ball to enough of him because the left eight wasn't there to, to facilitate that move. Yeah. 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 And so when... It's it, I'm good. When you talk about... When you post a... Dan... Dan's a big man for the for the pass maps, and when he posts a pass map and with a little smiley face, you're going, "Oh yeah, look at that symmetry! <laughs> look at how nice that symmetry is!" <laughs> and this one hasn't got any because no. there's no connections between anybody other than Gomez to Trent, Gomez to Van Dyke, Van Dyke to Costas, and then the rest of it's just like a massive open space of nothing. Yeah. Well, you, you kind of understand why Fab was overrunning midfield, right? Because he he's he's because Carvalho and Elliot are so wide. 
and they're not getting back into the. Do you know what I mean? They're not coming in. We're t- typically, Targo would have shuffled round, and you'd get a double pivot. That it would be more of a box between Van Dijk and Gomez and and Fab and uh, Thiago. Yeah, so you get that kind of working, but because it's not at the moment, it's my only issue with Elliot. I agree with you, Rosie. I don't, I don't think the right side is not a problem. I think Elliot off the ball is, is still too wide. Yeah, I don't think I don't think especially, we're compact enough off the ball, especially because we were expecting him to be the the, the, the second six in this. In, yeah, in this as well. Yeah, it was uh, right. Should we talk about a positive one to finish off? Um yeah. which is Bobby Firmino again. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, Rosie, it's been a while since I've seen Bobby look this good, uh, you know, in 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 front of goal. I mean, he came on, he made a real difference, didn't he? He did. And, he, and he's at he's at three point seven shots per ninety and two key passes a game now. Um, it's pressing. I, I didn't um, quite remember his figures from from his pressing in this game, but I think he was impactful when he came on. Um, what was, did he come fifth? And he only played a half. Yeah. Um, in terms of tall, it's look. It's great to see. I think his numbers. For this calendar year, have been good as well. Yeah, but, um, yeah. It's just the more options we've got. You've got. I think Firmino. We talked about it last week, but Firmino, in terms of a legend at Liverpool, is definitely a bona fide one. And can we get another eighteen months? Can his lack of pace? Can his age? not impact on his performance. Can we get to 34, 35 with Firmino just doing 60 minutes a game, just doing that pressing, that leading the line that I think Nunes can't do at the moment. Can we we have, maybe can we have a Firmino as the 10 and then bring on Carvalho? Can we have some... Yeah, there was... Maybe. Doing the the off-the-ball work and then doing some of the link-up play that I don't think Nunes has shown yet. Can we have someone doing that and then bringing Nunes into play who's still having seven? So there was a good, sh- there was a good, good shot from Bobby for save low down on his right um, yeah. by by you know, and then the bullet header. You know, against Newcastle. Yeah, bullet bullet header one me- one meter either side of that of, of um, Pickford, and that's an absolutely ripped. Yeah, didn't go down a big chance, Dan, like you said, would. I, I I can't believe that. I mean, he's like five meters out and he absolutely <laughs> plants it, doesn't he? You know. But um, yeah, he also got point three four xG chain for only half a game. Yeah, um, and there was there was another good save from Pickford low down to Elliot as well in the first, yeah. at the end of the first half, and then the one from Salah. He literally just brushes it onto the post uh, in in stoppage time. What final question for me? Just on a on a nerdy one, right? Opta's Opta Vision again, Rhodesy, right? What do we think about them giving Diogo Jota? The biggest chance of the match from us. You know, it wasn't even a chance. It was just a ricochet that he didn't get his, you know, foot to right. Was it really? Was it really a, a, our biggest chance of the match? So, how would you stand? It's mad because Understat have got that Jota chance at point one five, and Opta have got it at point four six. The header that he can't even get to that just comes off the corner of his head because he can't get his head around it goes at a point two chance on Opta. Angles at a point zero eight chance on understat. This I this Optivision thing, like this is the first time this season that Opta has been the highest for us. So well, that's yeah. bomb. But that that's what made me think about it. That's bomb yeah. has got a two point two for this game, and Opta has got a two point nine, which is the same. 
So it's like they're using the same kind of stuff, but then InfoGoals have got us at 2.25. Yeah. Am I, am I, are we missing this? I just that... wasn't sure that that Jota one at the end was even a shot, really. What do you think, Bart? Was it a shot? It, it, tries, to, it tries to get yeah, his... Yeah, like, it's an attempt, isn't it? Goal. Yeah, it's... When I first saw it, I was like, has he not scored there? And then you watch it again, you think, oh, okay. But um, I think it's a little high. I think yeah. I'm sure giving it a little high. Um, I'm just looking for the values now. I've, I've understood really what was the highest one they gave. Yeah, definitely oh, teething problems though for Opta, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not convinced by that model. I have to say, I understand for me a, a far more reliable. And you know, looking at it, you know, looking at it again, yeah, that looks right. Yeah. yeah. See, right. I, I would say that I know we, we'd love an XG channel here, but I, I've just put <laughs> the values there. I've, I've done the Opta values and the understat values from the same shots. I would say that Opta have got this game. Badly wrong. The only one where it's comparable is the Neil Morpé shot on 64 minutes, which is yeah. an amazing yeah. save from Alisson, yeah? Yeah. yeah. 0.53 to 0.63. That's fine. I like the, the Morpé shot 0.28 that deflects to Tom Davis and he curls it onto the post. Again, I don't mind any of that. I don't understand what Understart are doing there. I think they've got that wrong. Yeah, uh, because... The Davis one, he had no. He literally had to poke it first yeah, time, yeah, didn't he? Yeah, and had, yeah, yeah. But I mean, he's looking at the location and the situation. He's just got to beat the keeper, and it's a it's a transition, so it's come off a deflect. It's a deflected yeah. shot. But I cannot understand their values for Jota's two chances. No, one no, the greatest player in history at Conning to Optus numbers for his eight minutes this season. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, on a positive, it is great to see him back on the pitch. Anyway, that's at least. Yeah, and he could, well, he could have won it, couldn't he? I suppose could have yeah. won the game. But yeah. What, was, what do you think cost us? What do you think it cost us? Chance in the first half. Uh... Oh, Nick across goal and goes yeah. out. Yeah. I, I just thought he would. I thought he should. Oh, have, he should have yeah, he should, he yeah, he should have better. Right? Yeah. yeah, I think he should have. Because I didn't think I think he had a lot of the goal to aim at, and he. I don't know. I just. Anyway, we really do have to wrap it up, chaps. Yeah, no so, um, but we will be back next Monday for the double header of Napoli and help me out, guys. Uh, Chelsea, isn't it? Is it Chelsea? No. Is it Chelsea? No. Uh, no. I don't know. I don't know. Next game. Sorry, I was just trying to find the uh, miss it. It's trying to stop the recording. <laughs> It is uh, oh, Wolves. 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 Napoli and Wolves. Right. Yep. So we will be back 8.30 next week to discuss that. And hopefully it's not going to be quite as action-packed this time. As well. And I'm going to have a couple of nice wins for the Reds. But until then, up the Reds. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement. And we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, We'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds, 
and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.